I was a high-flying entrepreneur, getting on stages, selling internet marketing stuff. I had software and that wasn't who I was. And I was just doing it for the money and the fame. And, and I was in alignment with what I was doing. And so Ayurveda taught me how to be in alignment with me. And that actually is one of the root causes of disease in Ayurveda. Mm, like off your dharma. Not following your dharma, not following your bliss. Because if you don't, they say disease starts in the mind and then crystallizes in the body. Welcome to Why Isn't Everyone Doing This? I'm Emily Fletcher, and I believe that bliss is your birthright. That's why I'm calling on my world-class network to uncover the most potent, spine-tingling, even taboo healing modalities, all so you can reclaim your bliss. Let's do this. So if you've been listening to this podcast for some time now, you likely get it that I am into healing. I am into wellness. I will try almost anything once. And a lot of things I'll try a lot of times. I've done everything from five days in darkness by myself to ayahuasca, to psychedelic assisted therapy, to breath work, to you name it. I've likely tried it. And I can honestly say that I have never witnessed healing like I experienced last week on our retreat. So this was the first time that we were using the sacred secret formula in a retreat setting, and it was effing wild. The amount of transformation, the intergenerational trauma, the dreams that got manifested before we even left the retreat, the fun, the ease, the lightness with which this healing happened was like unlike anything I've ever seen. So if you would like to experience just how profoundly transformative this formula is for yourself, I invite you to go to zivameditation.com slash secret. There you're going to learn more about this movement and this formula. You're going to learn how you can experience it from the comfort and safety of your own home. So go to zivameditation.com slash secret, and I will send you everything you need to know. I love you, and I'm so excited to share these tools with you. If you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, you've likely heard myself and so many of my brilliant guests rave about how meditation has changed our lives. I love meditating. Every time I meditate, I feel like I'm doing it so that I can be in alignment with my my highest self. It made the way that I operate in life just a lot more like flowy and graceful. It's true, this stuff really is that good. I mean, how many more world-class high performers have to say that meditation is their secret sauce before you believe that this might work for you? Now, if you're curious about the neuroscience of how this tool can help eradicate stress, then I'm gonna invite you to join me for a free masterclass. Now, all you have to do is go to zivameditation.com slash learn, and you're gonna get instant access to a masterclass that's going to help you to reduce your stress, overcome anxiety, and improve your sleep in just a few minutes a day. So go to zivameditation.com slash learn and sign up today. That is Z-I-V-A meditation.com slash learn. And I want you to know that by investing in yourself and improving your quality of life, you're also going to help support this podcast. So again, you can go to zivameditation.com slash learn. Hi, sweet friends. I am so excited for you to join today's conversation for why isn't everyone doing this? I have heard about this man, I have known of this man for a little while, and I'm so excited to dive in because he is an expert. He has healed himself using one of my very favorite modalities and technologies. It is the knowledge of longevity, the thing I talk about all the time with the Vedas. Well, this is a physical representation of it. So we're gonna be talking today about why isn't everyone practicing Ayurveda? So I'm so excited for everything that you're going to learn, the things you might be able to ingest and heal for yourself, and also the knowledge you might gain for someone else in your life that might need it. So 
Amish Shah, thank you so much for joining Thanks me today. Thanks for having today. me. Welcome Super to exciting. the show. Yeah. So your journey is crazy. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, you were like made a million dollars in your early 20s, like living the dream, mm -hmm. living in New York City, stockbroker. <laughs> and then what happened? So, yeah, it's like I was just kind of sick. You know, I think what was wrong was like I just, you know, growing up, I would get like migraines as a kid and I would get eczema as a kid and I would get uh, um, like bloody noses and you go to the doctor and like, oh, just take some Pepto-Bismol or put this on your skin and nothing's wrong with you. Mm -hmm. So I just normalized whatever was happening to me. In my late teens, early 20s, I ended up getting vitiligo and it ended up getting worse. Again, What's that? Vitiligo is like a lightening of the skin, whitening of the skin. So you can imagine me with a little bit darker complexion having a huge white spot like under my eye actually mm. uh, and so I was just like oh my god like what what's going on and the doctor was like oh we don't know it's an autoimmune condition so I just left it alone again just normalized it um, and somewhere along the way I was like I don't want my um, I don't want to work my full-time job anymore like I'm working in New York City and I was tr commuting to work and getting on off and on subways and the life of it all was just like what if I could just make money online and so I started tinkering online in the early 2000s and made my first million dollars at the age of 24. Mm -hmm. I was still working my job in like the whole stock kind of world and the, the whole like, you know, Wall Street kind of scene. And before I knew it, like I said, I made so much money, I quit my job. And I was at home just working on my internet business at the time. This is like the early 2000s. When I made my first million dollars, I was like, okay, cool. Now I have money and I can buy a nice car. And at the time, I was living in a modest two-bedroom condo in Jersey City. So it wasn't like anything fancy. Uh, and I had, a, I had a car. It was an Infiniti. It's like a regular car. Somewhere along the way, that million dollars started turning into like three, turned into five. So I moved to California because I had some more of my marketing friends were in California at the time. San Diego was like a, a hub of marketing, kind of like around 2007 through... 12-ish. Mm -hmm. And so I just moved there. I was like, oh, I'm going to surround myself with more of the people who do what I do. That went from 1 million to 5 million to 10 million dollars very quickly. So like within five years, it was 1 to 10 million dollars. And I had like four different companies at the time. And I was partying and I was drinking and I was eating whatever I wanted to, staying up late, stressed about the company all the time. And so my symptoms of whatever was going on when I was younger started to just like amplify. So like severe stomach pains to the point where I felt like someone was sticking in like a knife in my stomach. And I'm like, oh, like I'd have to like go lay down and be like, just hold my stomach for a while or take Tylenol or something to just suppress the pain. Uh, a lot of times it was actually alcohol and cannabis and other substances to just not be in pain. That only lasts for so long. And so Again, in around 2010, 2011, migraines, stuffy noses all the time, bloody noses, my eczema patches were coming back. I had bloody stool mm. from like once a weekish, and I'd be like, man, diarrhea, constipation. I'm like, this isn't, this is not normal. And how old are you at this point? I was 29. Okay. 29 to 30, somewhere in that range. So I went to go see my doctor, my allopathic doctor, you know, my primary. And so he's like, oh yeah, it doesn't seem like anything's wrong with you. Let's do a blood panel. So I was like, all right, let's do a blood panel. So he did a blood panel. My blood panel came back, and my cholesterol was 370. What's it supposed to be? Like low 200s. Okay, so you were yeah. 370. 370. It's supposed to be like in the low 200s. Off the okay. charts. And the doctor goes, you're number two in my office. And the number one guy is like 67 years old and obese. 
And I was like, okay, so not only did I have high cholesterol, I had fatty liver, pre-diabetic, and neuroadrenal failure. So all this is going on. I'm like, what do I do? And they're like, well, eat healthy, exercise, and take these pills. And at the time, I was like severely depressed. I was suicidal. I still remember the moment. I had moved from New Jersey, like I said, to California, La Jolla. I had like a 6,000 square foot house. I had a pool on the roof of the house. I had a theater room and I had an elevator and I, I was in my shower and I still remember this when I had my Ferrari, my Maserati and my Audi and I was looking over the Pacific Ocean. Like my hair was thin in, my stomach was hurting, I had a massive migraine. I was like, I just want to kill myself. Mm. I was like, this is, I don't even know why I'm making all this money. What was the point? I really don't even have my happiness. I don't have my health. I wasn't getting along with my business partner at the time. Like I was making, I felt like I was making all these wrong decisions, brain fog. I was like, something's not right. So it was at that time that I decided to just push the reset button and like started exercising and meditating, getting back into things that made me happy as a human. I was like, this is, business is not making me happy. My business partner, not making me happy. But every time I research ancient wisdom or I meditate, I feel kind of good. So I did that. I made a big shift and over the course of two years to two, three years, I got rid of all the companies we were running and just pushed this big mega reset button. And uh, I decided during that time I was getting, uh, the doctor was telling me to get more tests because I was like, something's wrong. This, these meds are not going to work. So it was like a antidepressant, proton pump inhibitor and a cholesterol medication. Uh, and so after I did that, um, nothing was there working. I did it for a very short period. I was just like, I don't, I don't really believe that I'm this young and I need to be taking all these medications. Like there's something else wrong. And while I was exercising, exercising, meditating and all that, I just, I was looking better. I was losing weight and feeling a little better, but still get migraines, still get my sinus infections and still get all of this stuff. It's like, all right, I'm only going to do what I love. So that's when I, you know, along with meditation and yoga and exercise, I stumbled upon Ayurveda, which is in my lineage, yes. My parents kind of, we cooked with it, but they didn't know anything about it. It was just passed down from generation to generation. They didn't understand how it worked, why it worked, what happened. So when I was it's younger... Like, this is like our cuisine, our cultural cuisine, it was in our, yeah. but not necessarily understanding the health benefits of the food combinations. Exactly. They okay. didn't understand how it worked. So if it was a stomach ache, instead of just Pepto-Bismol, they would give me like celery seeds, salt, ghee, and like a bunch of other things mixed together. If I got a sprained ankle, like many kids do, they used to wrap turmeric paste around my ankle and I'd be like bright yellow and like trying to hide it with my socks going <laughs> to school. So it was like also this kind of dichotomy of living in America, but having like immigrant parents. And I'm like, wait, am I Indian or like am I hanging out with my boys and go play basketball and eat pizza? Mm-hmm. Why do I have to eat this? Indian food, you mm-hmm. know? I don't want doll on some Domino's doll. pizza. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> My friend's having bacon. Like, why can't I just hang out with him and eat bacon and, and pizza and whatever else, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, not that there's anything wrong with it. Everyone has their own choices. But, you know, at the time, um, it was new for our family, basically. Sure. So, I did all these tests. I probably saw over the next five years around um, 20 different specialists. Wow. Rheumatoidologist, allergist, ENT, and endoscopy, I mean, I, I, MRIs, CAT scans, like everything. Um, and everyone's just like, nothing's wrong with you. And I'm like, I am in pain every day almost of my life. Oh. 
And like these migraines would be like debilitating. I'd have to go lay down. Like some of them sometimes would be so nauseous. And so um, it was around that time I committed to Ayurveda mm -hmm. and I was just like, okay, I'm going to go get a Panchakarma. Mm -hmm. A Panchakarma is a detox retreat. And before where... we even get into Panchakarma, can you define Ayurveda for us? Yes, great idea. Mm -hmm. So Ayurveda is an ancient medical system from India. It's over 5,000 years old. Uh, that first 5,000 years ago was like when they first kind of like um, started writing it down. But before that, it was all verbal tradition. So we don't actually even know how old it is. Mm -hmm. And Ayur means life and Veda means wisdom or science. So it literally means the science of life or the wisdom of life. And it had many branches to it too, from psychiatry to pediatrics to um, immune system to virology. And you're talking 5,000 plus years ago that they had these eight branches of medicine similar to what we have today. Mm. And it's a common uh, knowledge that um, the modern medical system is based loosely off some of the Greek slash um, Indian kind of medical system. So it was loosely based off of that. So I was like, huh, there's something to this if this is the origins of kind of some of the ancient medicine. And it isn't just about medical help. It's about emotional help, getting to the root cause of problems, understanding who you are, why you're here on this planet, because all of these things have to do with your health. It's not just like, oh, I have a stomach ache, so let's go fix that like we do in the Western system. It's like, well, what's causing that to happen? Why are you getting a stomach ache? Not like, oh, the, you have a stomach ache? We'll just give you something for it. Yeah, suppress the symptoms. One analogy that I think might help to con context set is uh, the way I learned about Ayurveda is if you think about like a blade, if you have three prongs of a helicopter mm -hmm. propeller, um, and if it gets imbalanced, right, if two of them get depressed, then the other prong will go up. Mm -hmm. And so in allopathy or Western medicine, we're like, oh, this prong is raised. It needs to go down. Let's suppress the symptom. We'll put mm -hmm. a brick on top of that prong. Right. And then the other two go up. Oh, we've got two more bricks or two more prongs. Mm -hmm. Now let's put more bricks. And then eventually you have so many medication. You're taking medication for your medication. Exactly. And now the propeller can't even move it anymore. Can't. Your body doesn't even recognize itself anymore. Yeah. And uh, I was like, I'm not going down this path. My yeah. father had like two heart attacks, had a pacemaker, he's, pre he's diabetic and thyroid. And I was like, that's where I was, that's the path I was going down. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, uh-uh, no. And so I decided to go kind of, um, I had just sold all the companies, I had a little bit of cash, and I was like, I'm gonna make a documentary on this Ayurveda thing. Because I can't find any good information on it, so why not me be the one to create the information on it? Yeah. And right. find out what, the hell is wrong with me along the way? Oh, so you documented it as you were going through the journey? Yes, and I'm, I'm going to tell you something about this because I didn't want to be on film. I wanted to be behind the scenes just asking them questions about what was happening. Ah, uh-huh. So then I started interviewing experts around the world, um, like Deepak Chopra, Dr. Vasant Laud, Mimi Guarnari, and all these doctors who had experience with Ayurveda. And, you know, I went to my first detox retreat, like I mentioned, where they do a beautiful detox and it's like oil massages and just clearing your body out of toxins. Mm -hmm. And what does pancha karma mean? So pancha means five mm -hmm. and karma means therapies or actions. actions. Uh -huh. uh, and so those five actions are basically the five different modalities they take to help heal your body. And that involves a massage. Uh, they focus on the lymph really, like one of the most important things of Ayurveda is the toxins store themselves in the lymph. And so if you can clear that out and get them out of your joints and get them out of all of that like stuckness, then we can 
start making you healthy again. But first, we got to remove all the toxins first. Mm. So I went to like a um, nine-day or ten-day kind of panchakarma retreat, and they're massaging me with all these oils, and I had enemas and um, a very strict mono diet, which consisted of kitri, which is basically just lentils and rice and a little bit of ghee and salt and turmeric. And so I did that, um, and I came back, and I, they also did like a nasal therapy, which is like, it's like smelling kind of essential oils, like not snorting, but smelling really hard, like, and they, like and with the oils? steam, steam oil, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then they would put oil in your nose and lubricate it. And the amount of stuff that was coming out of me, I was just like, what is going on? Not just there while I was there, but even when I got back home yeah. for days after, weeks after. Out of your nose? Out of your it was bowels? Coming out of my, it was coming everywhere, every direction. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And I was coughing stuff up too. Mm -hmm. It was coming out. It was like chunks of just like, oh, like, what is that? And it was just like hardened mucus and hardened toxins wow. that were in my body. What was really good about Panchakarma and learning Ayurveda was that I was learning how to incorporate these things into my life. And so while the Western doctors didn't tell me what was exactly wrong with me, Ayurveda told me I was uh, pitta elevated and a slight imbalance of vata. Now, probably asking what is, what is pitta, what is vata, what is uh, kapha? And those are the three doshas that they call about, that they call upon in Ayurveda. Those three doshas are made up of the five elements. So what they say in Ayurveda is the whole universe is made up of five elements. And those five elements are space or ether, which is all this empty space that we call around us. Air, so there's air moving through our lungs, right? There's air uh, in the sky from the clouds that's making wind, right? Then there's fire. There's a huge, big, fiery ball outside that keeps our planet running. And we have our temperature inside of us that's 98.6 degrees pretty much all year round. And so there has to be some kind of heat or fire within us, right? Water. We have 70% water made up of our body. we got bodies of water. I think the earth is made up of 7% water too. And then the last one is earth. And earth is anything like sedentary, like a tree or like a brush or like even like our bodies are like made out of this material. Like it's earth, you know, it's strong, it's sturdy. So those five elements of space, air, fire, water, and earth, they combine into create these, like you can call them like physics, almost like actions. So when you combine ether or space and air, you get the, what's called movement, that's vata. So anything that moves on the planet is considered vata. Mm -hmm. So we have food moving in our digestive tract, we have air moving through our lungs and through our air pathways. Everything is constantly moving outdoors, planes flying in the sky, ants crawling on the ground. Everything in this universe is constantly moving. Mm -hmm. There's nothing in our universe that's just still. The second is a combination of fire and water. And that combination creates what's called pitta or transformation. And everything in this universe is always transforming, right? We eat food. Well, why doesn't that just come out as the same food? Because it's transformed. Your body turns it into energy, nutrients, vitamins, what it needs to work. Mm. Same thing with the universe, right? We're able to see a seed turn into a plant that feeds us. Like that's transformation at its best. Uh, electricity turns into light through a light bulb. That's just transformation at the end of the day. And the last one is when you combine water and earth. Mm. And that brings structure, which is kappa. And so structure is the last thing. Everything has structure, right? You can see it. It's sturdy, the plants, the trees, buildings, skyscrapers, our bodies. We have ligaments. You know, why aren't we just a puddle of water on the ground? Well, it's because we have structure. We have bones. We have ligaments. We have muscles. We have things that hold us upright.
skin. So these five elements combine into these three, what they call doshas. And again, it's movement, which is vata, transformation, which is, which is pitta, and kapha, which is structure. And everything in the universe has all three of these doshas, from the planets to the stars to us, aliens, doesn't really matter, whatever you, whatever you believe in. That'd be cool <laughs> to find out the predominant dosha of different alien species. Yeah. We're like, oh, are Arcturian more Kapha dominant? <laughs> oh, Pleiadians are Vata. <laughs> yeah, right. We can actually how to know how to communicate with them. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, so we're made up of this too, but everyone has a different percentage of these elements and the doshas in them. So for me, I was highly fiery. And that was showing up as indigestion and showing up as eczema and I was always hot and like short-tempered and I would get hangry. That's very pitta dominance kind of energy. And so each of these kind of humors or, or doshas, constitutional types, have characteristics. And so those characteristics were showing up in me as elevated. So I had extra fire and then my vata was showing up as like anxiety and like my business was like stressing me out and I was just kind of like like doing this and so like okay well let's just treat that they didn't tell me like oh your stomach is messed up you get migraines they said yeah we'll work on that but we're going to treat your elevated pitta and your elevated vata and i said okay cool so it was great during the thing and i felt good and i remember feeling so amazing mm -hmm. and where were you um i went to a center in iowa okay. called the raj okay um it's the headquarters of transcendental meditation mm -hmm. um so I went there because it was the only one that was close to me and it's the only one I could find at the time. Mm -hmm. Now there's like 10, of the, 10, 10 places in the United States. Uh, and worldwide, there's like hundreds of these centers. And so I remember going there, getting home, and they give you protocol to follow afterwards too. So I got home, I followed the protocol again for like seven or eight more days of the mono diet and just doing what they asked me to do. And within a month or two, I started feeling the migraines come back and the sinus infections coming back. I was like, man, what the hell? And the indigestion was coming back. Stomach was hurting again. I was like, this sucks. I thought this was going to be my answer. So I just started going to more panchakarma. Mm. I started going like twice a year. And then I would use like the Ayurvedic teas and supplements to kind of keep me at bay. But my health was still doing this. And my labs were still just up, down, up, down, up, down. And my health was just like all over the place. And in 2017, I ended up getting surgery because my nose was just constantly stuffy. And like, oh, you have a deviated septum, so we'll just, we'll just cut that little piece out and it should fix everything. And it didn't fix anything. Mm. And so there I was with an open wound and a stuffy nose the whole entire time. And it took like three years to heal because I was just constantly stuffy. And I would just constantly have bloody noses. And, and it got so bad to the point where um, I was bedridden. And so while I was using Ayurveda, it was helping me keep healthy just as much as I could. My left eye stopped working completely. I couldn't move it all the way to the left. I couldn't move my head to the left anymore. It was getting hard. Hardness was forming all along my set left body. My hip was like hard. I couldn't even move my body like this anymore. I'd be in bed by 6.30, 7 o'clock. I couldn't, literally couldn't function. Oof. Uh, migraines galore. And I just, uh, I just gave up in a way. I was like, the only place that I could find peace was in pain. Say more. What does that mean? I was so constantly in pain that I couldn't find any peace anywhere. So I just had to lean into the pain yeah. to actually find where the peace was. Mm. Because fighting the pain wasn't going to work. I had to just be like, this is it. And I learned different forms of meditation. And, you know, I would do that and I'd go to the pain. 
and and sure enough it felt like it would subside after some time so i'd have to like chill meditate focus on the pain bring peace to the pain and then i would like slowly subside and i'm like man like where's this coming from and then maybe two days later same thing and then i'd be good for like a week and then boom a week later back down again and then just this vicious cycle really really vicious cycle Sweet friend, if you are loving this conversation and would like to dive deeper into these powerful modalities, I want to invite you to join me at zivameditation.com slash why this. Now there you're going to find free bonus content that we simply could not fit inside of the episodes. I'm talking mini masterclasses with our amazing guests like Aubrey Marcus, Layla Martin, Blue, Vailana, and myself. So come experience the tools that we reveal in the podcast for yourself. Simply head to zivameditation.com slash why this. In 2017, I was at my wit's end, basically, and I said, you know what, I'm going to India one more time. And so while this is happening, I'm still filming people because I was just about like, Ayurveda. about Ayurveda. Because I'm like, did you feel like a hypocrite or an imposter? Like I'm making this film about healing and I'm dying. Well, because I was practicing it, I didn't because I was like, I'm, I know, I you know. you felt like it was helping you was or helping. Like keeping you alive? It was keeping me alive. Uh-huh. It was 100% keeping me alive. Okay. My bowels became somewhat like ordinary. Like every now and then I go to a restaurant and have weird bowel movements, but we were cooking more homemade foods, you know, just little things that were actually helping yeah. me keep at bay. I was working out like, you know, just, just trying to get rid of all of this stuff yeah. that was going on. And so I was maintaining is the best word. To put it just main just maintaining mm-hmm. uh and it was rough on me my relationships my business and you know just everything just started doing this like crumbling and i was just like this is it like, this is i'll maybe be all maybe i'll be dead in the next couple of years i didn't know so i said i'm taking a trip to india and I'm just going to, I'm not going to focus on Ayurveda this time. I had gone to India to film even more Ayurveda footage before that. And like, I was just on a mission. I was like, I'm going to figure this out. I want to heal me. I want to heal other people. Because along my path, I saw stage four cancer survivors reverse with Ayurveda, thyroid reverse with Ayurveda, MS, autism, ADHD. And I'm like, it's going to fix me. If these, if all of these stage four can get reversed and mine's not stage four, like I'm sure Ayurveda is going to help me. And of course, my blood tests were showing up all crazy. I had elevated white blood cell counts at the time, so I had a massive infection in my body. And it couldn't, we couldn't figure out what was going on for the life of me. There's a little thing that happened in 2016, which is not related to Ayurveda, but related to my jungle experience in Peru, if you want to hear it. Yeah. Um, and it kind of started leaning me almost in the right direction. So in 2016, I didn't know what was going on, and I was desperate. So I was like, I'm going, I'm, going, I'm going to Peru. I'm going to go sit with shamans and do ayahuasca. So I went to Iquitos and studying with a shaman who's like lineage, grandfather, you know, father, great-grandfather, all these people, like lineage of ayahuasca. I was like, you're, you're the right person to do this with. So in 10 days, I did eight sessions of ayahuasca and one se- session of San Pedro. And usually when you do ayahuasca, you're given a shot glass worth or so. He was giving me cups worth of ayahuasca. I remember writing in my journal, and this is where it's going to get to. I'm gonna, I wrote something in my journal, which I'm going to tell you in a second. But the fact that I wrote this in my journal was amazing. I had this massive download of what was going on in my body. I had a vision that I had six to ten ulcers in my intestinal and my ribs tract. And you, I have a scar from it still. You can see when, when this was all going on, I had a huge bump here. 
And again, I'd go to the doctor and be like, oh, it's just tissue. I'm like, but it wasn't there mm. before. Something is growing or something's not normal. And they're like, well, we did all the scans. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you right now. Like, you can see it, right? And they're like, yeah, I'm like, this hurts. Mm. And so I had this huge lump and I got this vision that I had ulcers that had gotten out of control. And it had like whatever I was eating and all the toxic material was busting out of the ulcers, mm. leaky gut and going into all my body and storing itself in my hip and all of this. And that's exactly what Ayurveda says happens when you get sick. Mm. Your body doesn't know what to do with toxins. So it just shoves it and stores it in the weak part of your body. Mm. So I was like, wow, that's interesting. Um, 2017 comes around and again, I'm practicing Ayurveda. I'm listening to what the medicine gave me on ayahuasca and it said, stop eating white carbs. And I was just like, okay, I'll, I'll stop. And, you know, I didn't stop completely. Gluten kind of comes in everything, to be honest with you, but I didn't, wasn't eating like pasta and all the, maybe some of the stuff I used to dabble in before. 2017 comes around. I'm like this, I got to figure this out. This is getting out of control. So I went to all these different temples all across Asia, like Buddhist and Hindu temples and just anywhere that I could find, just praying for someone and something to heal me. I was like, this is it, I think. I hopefully something happens. On that trip, I also went to a startup convention <laughs> um, just because it, it was on the path. And at the startup convention in India, there was a startup who was doing genetic testing, but they, had, they were doing a, a unique genetic test that would measure disease, but it would also measure your epigenetics as it relates to the disease. So mm -hmm. it would show you how likely you are to be expressing the gene of that disease. Mm -hmm. And again, heart disease, thyroid, diabetes, runs in the family. So I'm like, oh, I should probably check it out. Maybe I have something that we haven't noticed yet. Does the swipe. I get home, 20, January of 2018, I get a call from one of their practitioners going through the report. They're like, oh, heart disease, 1.3x. I'm like, oh, okay, not so bad, not likely expressed. And exercise and diet and you'll be fine. Same with diabetes, same with thyroid. I was like, okay. She's going through the list. She gets to celiac disease. 5.6x likely expressed, which is way beyond the 1.2x of the others. And I was like, celiac? I was like, I don't know, what, what is that? And she goes, do you eat gluten? And I was like, what's gluten? I mean, I kind of knew. She's like, oh, like we, and I was like, I, yeah, like I don't, you know, yeah. And I was like, that's so weird because my doctors told me there was no way I was allergic to gluten. My allopathic doctors oh, no. for years rheumatoidologist, allergist, primary care doctor, they actually refused to give me tests for gluten because they said there's no way you are allergic to gluten. I mean, I'm so sorry because this whole time I'm like, certainly they tested for gluten on day one. <sighs> and so when I was going through my Ayurvedic treatments, are you allergic to anything? Like, no. If I told them I was allergic to gluten, they would have been like, duh, <laughs> stop eating gluten and let's fix this up. Yeah. So, when I had finally a um, diagnosis at this point, yes, Ayurveda was keeping me healthy and it like kind of keeping me going at the time. But you kept like putting the bricks on the propeller. Like you kept exactly. increasing the... And I was trying, I was taking like, loads of turmeric and like just trying to like suppress it and triple it to keep my bowel movements normal. And so that eventually I was just like, wow, no way, no way. So one of the things I guess would be um, in hindsight, 
I wish I had worked with a practitioner more one-on-one because -on -one, we probably would have found the issue. But instead, I was going to Panchakarmas, following their advice, and then coming back and implementing it, mm -hmm. and then just doing my own Google research and adding things and removing things. It's like working with an Ayurvedic practitioner, or yes, mm -hmm. yes. So, and uh, going back to my Peru story, yeah, I wrote "Stop Eating White Carbs" before anyone had diagnosed me wow. in the jungle of Peru. Uh huh. And by the time I was done leaving the jungle of Peru, that little white that spot that was there had I'd shrunk tremendously too because mm -hmm. I was detoxing all of it. So it's fascinating how plant medicines work, and Ayurveda is also focuses on just all medicine, food using food as your medicine, and then plants and herbs and things like that. So like, all right, I'm all in now. So when I found out that whatever was going on, I did have eight ulcers. Yeah, and I drew it in ayahuasca. I literally drew a picture of my inside of my body and drew the ulcers that were going on in my intestinal tract. Wow. And I was like, oh my God, like, wow, there's something to, obviously plant medicine is a whole other story, but Ayurveda was keeping me going. So I went all in, started working with a practitioner, and within 30 to 60 days, I started feeling better. I cut the gluten out, obviously, and taking herbs and supplements and changing my diet to reduce my pitta, reduce the fire that was going on in my body. Because you were uh, inflamed from the gluten. Correct. Yeah. And once you're already that inflamed, anything else that's pitta is going to just... You're just pouring gas on that fire. Pouring major gas on that fire. So like yeah. tomatoes, tomato sauce, anything that was like super fiery. And Ayurveda, what's so brilliant is that thousands of years ago, they cataloged every single food and plant and shrub and herb telling you which one of these has a predominance of vata, pitta and kapha. Mm. So now I could say, okay, I'm going to cut these pitta inducing foods out and increase my pitta reducing foods. Mm -hmm. And I started doing that, like cutting out coffee, cutting out alcohol. Not that I drank a lot of alcohol, but just trying to getting rid of it. At the time I was eating dairy, so I, I cut dairy out. And so I went, a, I went on a pretty strict diet, like a FODMAP, basically, diet. What, what kind? A FODMAP. What's that? Uh, I forgot what it stands for, to be honest with you, but it's like basically removing anything that's inflammatory. Mm -hmm. Anything that's inflammatory. Uh, and then I did that for a while, and I was taking my herbs and supplements, and like 60 days later, I was like, whoa, this is a massive difference. At that point, my, my company was just like, I had shrunk it down so small because I couldn't focus on building a big company, and I was like, I just need to figure out what's wrong with me. I told the team I'm, they're going to run it and I'm disappearing to go figure out, like get healthy, you know, now that I knew what was wrong. Got my yoga certification, went all into I, like meditation, started gardening, just doing the things that brought me joy. Yes, I loved ancient wisdom and teaching about it. And we have this e-commerce store that sells all the spiritual goods. And we also had like a sacred geometry course at the time. And it just, even though that was what I loved doing, there was, I was still Running sick, a business. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I'm just going to do everything I love. And the business will, I don't care. I said, I'm, like, I'm done, you know. And I did. I went, I got Vipa I went to go do Vipassana, which is a 10-day silent meditation. Like, I did everything in, the, like, those two years from 2018 to 2020. 2021 rolls around after kind of COVID and things were opening back up. And I was in meditation. And I was thinking to myself in meditation that I didn't have an ounce of pain in my body. I was happy and the business was doing fantastic <laughs> and I was like I can't remember the last time I felt like this and so at that time I had put the documentary aside for three and a half years because I was like I'm not I don't even care about the documentary and it hit me like a ton of bricks I need to go finish this movie mm -hmm. Ayurveda saved my life mm. like it literally saved my life 
And what was interesting is also that I got the diagnosis from a genetic test. So it's not about using one modality over the other. It's about integrative. Well, also the plant medicine, right? And so the plant, plant medicine. plant medicine and genetic testing correct. and Ayurveda, right, which correct. is interesting. Correct. And so uh, my journey was exactly that. And I healed everything with Ayurveda. Mm. Uh, and yes, I did a lot of work with plant medicine even, even afterwards and psychedelics in general because I realized also a lot of what was going on was tra trauma from childhood. Mm. There is a 70% link between childhood trauma and IBS. 70%? 70. 70. Wow. 67. But okay. yeah, I'm rounding up a little bit. Wow. So childhood trauma and IBS or some kind of stomach problem, there's a 67% correlation that when you get older, you will probably develop some kind of stomach symptom or digestive symptom. And is that not just like most humans have trauma and then IBS? Or yeah. no, are we, we're, we're thinking I mean, that's causal? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's true though. I mean, how many of us have that, right? A lot. A lot. a lot, yeah. So. But I wonder if it's, is it like an ACEs score where they're like looking at adverse childhood experiences and then like level of trauma versus level of IBS? Um, that's a good question. So I don't know. Okay. I have to review the study. I know what the ACE test is. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think on the ACE test I scored like a six or something or six okay. or something, seven or something like that. So I was pretty high up there in terms of the ACE score. Um, so there probably is a correlation between ACE and, and IBS of how high mm -hmm. the two are. For yeah, sure. that'd be interesting to look at. Ah, oh, wow. Okay, and so then tell us about, so did you finish the documentary? So What's I did. happening? Yes, okay. so I finished the documentary after all this like, holy shit, like why the hell did the universe put me in this place? And I was like, duh, it's to share what I just collected over the last, well at that time was eight years of my life, nine years of my life. Like I, sh I started shooting in 2013, 2021, I was like, let's go, I called my editor. It's like, we got to finish this. And even then I was like, I don't know if I really want to film. Let's just edit the content and upload it on YouTube. And he's just like, he was reviewing all the footage. He's like, no, 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 no. It's like, we have a movie. Mm. And I was like, okay. So we started putting together the movie and I was the narrator of the movie. And I'd show it to like friends, family, and like focus groups. They'd come over my house and we'd show it to them. And they're like, why did you do this movie? And I was like, told them my story. And they're like, that needs to go in the movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to be in the movie. So then I ended up interviewing myself and talking about my journey and other people around me who witnessed my journey as well. Mm -hmm. And like I said, along the journey, we have people who've cured themselves of like cancer and thyroid and all these people that are in the movie now. And I'm just like, we have to do this. Like this is the answer to so many of the world's modern medical day health issues, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we finished the movie. It's called The Natural Law, mm -hmm. and uh, we just released it this year, 2023. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, so 2021 to 2023, we just focused on, let's go, let's finish this movie. And it's been so well received. Mm. Uh, I'm so happy. We have so many of the world's experts that I mentioned, like Deepak Chopra and Sri Sri Ravi Shankar, and like, you know, literally like... Sahara Rose. Sahara Rose and Peter Crone and, you know, all these amazing influencers, too, who know about Ayurveda. And so we finished it uh, and we started submitting it to film festivals and we won our sixth film festival just last week. So it's like, I'm so, like, I was just like, wow. And I'm just like, okay, we won like a film festival. Everyone else is like, you won six. And I'm like, is that good? It's like, but they're like, that's so good. Especially about Ayurveda. You know, yeah. it's not like a documentary about like a war-torn country or no. like, I mean, it's, it's like not really news. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like a 6,000 year old practice yeah. so to make that 
sort of like fresh or exciting or festival winning worthy is really impressive. Yeah, and that was that was what I wanted to do. Ayurveda, as you know, like I was just talking about vata, pitta, kapha, what elements, five elements, it's like a different way of thinking. So I can't just go to someone and be like, this is how it works. Good, okay, go home, you're, you're set to go. It's like, it takes a little bit of inquisitive wisdom and, and wanting to learn more about it to really embody it into your daily life. So at first it was just a movie with a bunch of doctors and talking heads and everyone's like, I don't want to listen to another doctor tell me or an expert or scientist to tell me how to live my life. Your story is just way more inspiring. Yeah, people so, learn through stories. So I incorporated my story into it and then had these kind of experts kind of back me up and teach what Ayurveda is along the way. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what makes the movie a little different than most because it's not just like... And one other thing is we don't use a lot of fear in our marketing. We're not bashing the Western medical system. We're not saying, oh, big pharma, yeah, like, fuck you. And like, you know, Western medicine has a time and a place. Yep. You get hit by a truck. Mm -hmm. You break your arm, you Please have a stroke, take me directly to the hospital. go to the trauma center, go to the emergency room. It's not the time to find out if you're about to pit the cuff and find an Ayurvedic practitioner. No, it's if you want Humpty Dumpty medicine. Please yes. put me back together. Exactly, exactly. And you know what? That's the time for pharmaceuticals and, and highly you know, refined yeah, medicines. Give me medicines. all the <laughs> Give it to me. Give it to me, right? <laughs> but these unexplained diseases, the ones that like, oh, we don't really know how it is. Just take this pill. Those diseases? Ayurveda will help tremendously. Why is it that thousands of years ago they cataloged over 9,000 plants and have 25,000 prescriptions that how to cook these plants and how to chop them up and how to use only the roots and how to use only the leaves? Some of them take 120 steps to create. Wow. How elaborate it is, science is actually just catching up. So now Barely. we know. Yeah. <laughs> Turmeric. Mm -hmm. comes from Ayurveda. Mm -hmm. Ashwagandha comes from Ayurveda. Neem comes from Ayurveda. The mushrooms with the, the adaptogens. <laughs> a lot of this all mm -hmm. comes from Ayurveda and a lot of people don't know that. Mm -hmm. Holy basil, another one that's becoming super popular. Tulsi. In it, or Tulsi. It's, yeah. it's amazing, you know? Um, Panchakarma, the detox retreat that I just mentioned. A study just came out um, like six or seven years ago. Five days of Panchakarma, just five five or seven, somewhere in that range. There's a reduction of 50% of toxins in the fat cells. Wow. There's nothing you can do on this planet that will reduce the toxins in your fat cells by 50%. Is it because they're using the oils? And so the, the, it's, the toxins want to be absorbed in the fat, so the mm -hmm. oil is the thing that extracts it? Exactly. It removes it from your joints, from your lymph, brings it into your digestive tract, and you either sweat it out, poop it out, pee it out, or you take the benetine clay. You can take clay, clay sometimes, uh -huh. and it'll it'll just it'll just pull it all out. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes they put enemas, right? So it'll just yeah. kind of it, they work on pulling it out. That's why you also eat the mono diet because it's very simple to digest. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, the, the science is like just starting to be like, whoa, like this ancient wisdom is actually real, huh? <laughs> Turmeric actually works for a reason. This is why they cook with all these spices and herbs and uh -huh. do all this. It's to keep the inflammation away. Yeah. So it's not just a medicine of healing. It's a medicine of prevention. Yes. yes. They actually don't want you to get the thing in the first place. Yes. So this is why they created Ayurveda. Uh -huh. It's anti-aging. It's prevention. But guess what? If you're sick, we can still fix you. We can still figure out what's wrong and get you back to normal. Yeah. That's fun, the beautiful part. Fun sort of side note. I was speaking at a conference a few years ago and 
Andrew Huberman was in the audience. This is like way before he was like the most famous podcaster in the land. He was just only in the hall because his Wi-Fi broke in his room. And mm. so he's like, oh, let me go get the Wi-Fi in the conference hall. And I was on stage and I was speaking about meditation. He's like, oh, great. Another white lady is talking about meditation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another white lady went on a yoga retreat to India. And, and then I said on the stage, I was like, you know, I was like, oh, I'm so glad these neuroscientists are catching up to what Indian dudes have been saying for 6,000 years. And he was like, Rrr? and he started listening because he's a neuroscientist. Mm. And so then he started listening. He was like, oh, and then he ended up writing the forward to my book. And oh, he, wow. he was like, he knew Amazing. I had like really done my work and spent like a decade researching this stuff. Yeah. And so anyway, it was just a fun side note of like, hey, Western medicine and science is just starting just to catch up. Just on the up. cusp, yeah. On the cusp. But there's so many ways to go here. But I just want to celebrate and really give thanks and honor mm. like the the amount of encyclopedic knowledge that has been passed down. I mean, a hundred years would be a big deal yeah. when you're, especially when you're not writing, right? But verbally to orally transmit that from generation to generation to generation for thousands of years. Like we can't really conceive of the amount of time and yes. energy and effort that that would take. Yes. So I just want to really like energetically say thank you, thank yes, you, thank, thank you. you. Like, these lineages, seriously. These masters, but it saved your life. How many people's lives has it improved as a result? And I'm so grateful to so you for like, making this medicine accessible in a way that's entertaining, right? Because mm. I really think the edutainment is the way that we're going. It is, yeah. And so the fact just... that you're blending these, it's so good. There's something to what you just said. And I'd like to kind of talk about that a little bit. Something that kept coming to me while I was doing this is like, why did this survive for thousands of years? And why do these fad diets maybe disappear after like five, ten years, right? Like whatever happened to like Atkins and like whatever happened to South Beach? I think and, they died. Yeah. <laughs> bad joke, bad joke. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. It's like yeah. these fad diets or these fad things. It's like, oh, and even a lot of the world what we do today, it's like, oh, just take this supplement and it'll get rid of whatever's going on. But it's still just you're covering the symptom. So for thousands and thousands of years, because this has been going on and it's been passed down, there's something to be said about how India is the second most or the first now the most populous country in the world. I think it's about to be China or has already beat China. And the Indian subcontinent, if you look at genetic data, 23andMe did a study that 25 to 45,000 years ago, it's a long time ago, majority of the world's civilization lived in the Indian subcontinent. Mm. And that's where the information was being created and shared. And that's where it started. Mm -hmm. And so there's something to wisdom that is truthful. The truth is timeless. Mm. The things that are not truthful will disappear and fade with time. Mm -hmm. So that's how you know that this medicine is real. Because mm. it's been tested across billions of people over thousands of years and still stood the test of time. Yes. And if you can do that, there's truth contained within this wisdom. Mm -hmm. And so Ayurveda is the science of consciousness to some extent, where the more you practice it and the more you do it, it's almost like the more enlightened you become, the more aware you become of your body, the more aware you become of your mind, how you think, the more aware you become of what your bliss is, what you're supposed to be doing. Now, I was a high-flying entrepreneur, getting on stages, selling internet marketing stuff. I had software. I had like the ClickFunnels thing before it was the ClickFunnels, you know, back in the mid 2000s. And so I was, and that wasn't who I was. And I was just doing it for the money and the fame and whatever else that kind of came with that whole world. And I was in alignment with what I was doing. Yep. And so Ayurveda taught me more importantly, more than anything is how to be in alignment with me. 
Mm-hmm. And that actually is one of the root causes of disease in Ayurveda. Mm, like off your dharma. Not following your dharma, not mm. following your bliss. Because if you don't, that's when you get here. Mind, they say disease starts in the mind and then crystallizes in the body. Mm. Mm. Wow. I'm so glad. And now what do you, what, how would you define your dharma now? Like what, what is your mission now? It's to create conscious media that will heal the planet. So what's next? What are you working on now? Yeah. So this movie is obviously the big thing right mm-hmm. now. And I just want to see... The natural law. The natural law. I want to see it through. I want to mm-hmm. share it, get it in front of millions of people, as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. Again, while I was filming it and showing it to my friends and family, a lot of them would be like, what do I, what do, I do now? Great. I learned a little bit about it, but I still don't actually know like what to do with it. So that led me to think, of course, using my kind of previous skills of product development and things like that. Well, how do I create a path for people to heal? Mm-hmm. Using Ayurveda. So uh, the movie's 80 minutes, hour and 20 minutes, mm-hmm. and we have 75 hours of content. So we've taken that content from all these experts and we've created an educational kind of modulish, modular course to teach anyone Ayurveda in the world. I've also uh, created a telehealth platform to bring Ayurvedic practitioners to people so that they can actually talk to them and get heal and get coaching and get guidance of like what's going on with me and how do I heal and how can I even you know not even healing but how do I improve optimize so a lot of people don't realize that Ayurveda can be used for optimization and peak performance Mm -hmm. and high performance so if you're already healthy you can use it to like biohack I'm going to put that in air quotes to get yourself to like the next level yeah I'm always like Ayurveda was the original biohack everybody it it was (laughs) Totally was, 100%. Like, what time of day are you eating? What temperature is your food? Is that in line with your body type? Like, exactly. This is like, how much sleep are you getting? Yeah, these are yeah. not How new much concepts. stress do you have? All of this, yeah, yeah. right? So um, that's what it's about. And then we also have a marketplace with products and herbs and things like that you can buy. So we wanted to see the journey along. In the Ayurvedic texts, they say there's four aspects to healing. The person themselves that wants to heal, that wants to get better, that wants to do something amazing for their lives. They learn it, they get, they get the education. The next is a uh, doctor or the practitioner that's going to help them along the way. The food and the medicine that's going to help them along the way. And the community, people mm-hmm. that are going to say, you got this, you're going to heal, we're with you, whatever you do, we're like we're, we're here to support you. That's it. So we built that into an online platform. Mm-hmm. And so that is really what's next. I am conjuring up some other movies in my mind. I have them in my mind uh, already. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to reveal them yet, mm-hmm. um, but I have like two or three other ideas on, on movies that I want to produce that, I'm, that are right along the same edge that I'm touching along, along with Ayurveda. Cool. That's exciting. Yeah. And so how do you solve the communal piece? On the platform uh just an online community mm-hmm. accountability groups people who are like saying like oh yeah like i experienced this too so mm-hmm. we try to like um break groups like if you're vata dominant we'll put you in a vata group so yeah. you can share about your vata imbalances or balances and same mm-hmm. with pitta and same with kapha and do you have a good quiz a good dosha quiz? yes we do okay yeah we have a dosha quiz on our website too uh-huh. which will kind of analyze um where you're at Mm-hmm. Uh, on your doshic spectrum, if you will. <laughs> doshic spectrum, I like that. That's, that's what, you should coin that term. <laughs> I have another good analogy. So um, I met my sweet friend Damien. Um, I met him in Rishikesh in like 2009, I think. He was trying to get into this ashram, and I wouldn't let him in because he was like on a motorcycle. He was like wearing a leather jacket, and he was this like white dude. And 
and I couldn't really place his accent, but he's like, I need to get in. And I was like, who do you know here? And I was like, bouncing, I don't know, bouncing the ashram. Anyway, he and I became really good friends. And he's been studying not just Ayurveda, but Marma, which mm, is a very specific, amazing. you know, yep. it's like the Raj, is like the king's science. Yeah. So it's like pressure point therapy. And I've been working with him now for like 12 years. And so he's mostly where I've learned about Ayurveda, but he has this beautiful analogy with the doshas. And he said, if you think of them as your three daughters, so like Vata, Pitta, and Kapha mm-hmm. are your three daughters. So whatever you're, you're dominant in on the, dom- on the doshic spectrum. So say you're Pitta dominant, that's mm-hmm. your eldest daughter. And if you can handle her, if like you can get her balanced, <laughs> she will actually take care of the yeah, other two yeah, siblings. Yeah, right. But if she's out drinking and like doing drugs and like sleep, gonna be hard. sleeping in, then like she can't babysit the other two kids. So true. And I just thought that was such a good analogy. It's like, okay, we don't have to fi- figure out everything. Just figure out what's your dominant dosha, get this into balance, and then she'll help take care of the other two. Yeah. And a lot of people don't even know that something's wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, I have a headache. I just get them from time to time. Or mm-hmm. I have this psoriasis over here and just been there for forever. That's like, those are all like slow killers. Like the, yeah. the, the small inflammation the that occurs over time. Mm-hmm. That's what actually causes more disease and more deaths in the long term than anything else. Mm. So it's like, how do we eat according to our dosha? How do we yeah. um, take herbs according to our dosha? Mm-hmm. Like you said, if one is off, then... All the other ones, other ones won't work that well either. And in fact, they could be fueling the other one too. Yeah. And something that just, so for people who are just learning, so, you know, pitta, fire, heat, inflammation. So it's like, if you have inflammation, mm-hmm. you can't say that you're necessarily pitta dominant, but there is some pitta, some fire, some inflammation Correct. that the body is reacting to. So it's Correct. like, how do we put that fire out? How exactly. do we cool it down? Exactly. And so it's like, all right, well, how could I cool the temperature of my body, the temperature of the environment with the foods, cucumbers, mm-hmm. yogurts. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like, once you understand some of the basic principles of like, okay, what temperature is my food? What temperature is outside? What mm-hmm. temperature is it in my room? Absolutely. Then like once you get the basics, you can start to become your own, I won't say scientist, but almost like a chef. Agreed. Mm-hmm. So an example would be like if someone's hot headed yeah. and it's hot outside and you're grilling grilled grilled peppers, like hot peppers, the last thing that person should be eating are grilled hot peppers on a hot day and they're already temperamental. Yeah. But give them cucumbers and give them watermelon and mm-hmm. a little bit of water. Guess what? That is going to start coming down mm-hmm. and they won't have that anymore. But you give someone like who's slow, sluggish, more kapha, for example, and they're like sluggish and they're having digestive, slow digestion, give them a hot pepper and it's good for them because mm-hmm. it'll heat things up. It'll start moving things again. It'll create that warmth in them. Yeah. Like for me, coffee is pretty much toxic because I'm so vata dominant. Mm-hmm. And, and when I'm imbalanced, like I have insomnia and I get anxious and I already go so fast that if I put stimulants on top of that, it is like poison. Yes. <laughs> so I have to like yeah. really like just meat and fat and like unctuous foods are really good for me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Vata dominant, you know, cold, cold fingers. You're always cold. You want to kind of want to be in the warm and uh, when out of balance, you're all over the place and you're just trying to figure things out and you're like, oh my God, you left your keys over here and your bag's over there and you're like, where's everything? And, you know, you're just kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. But when in balance, Vata's cre- like promotes creativity and like amazing things. Mm-hmm. So there's good qualities and there's bad qualities. Mm-hmm. So that's what's important to keep in, in mind too. It's like, so when you 
are out of balance, your vata, you're, like you said, you're like, ah, and you're like freaking out. But in balance, you're probably like, oh yeah, like big picture, like I'm gonna get this, and you're excited and creative and just knocking things out and yeah, yeah. that's a cool way to think about it. Like if you're if you're bringing each dosha into balance, like then you can utilize that that superpower of it. Absolutely. So like same with pitta. It's like if it's in balance, in balance, then it can be like your ambition and your mm -hmm. drive and your, your drive. leadership. Yeah. But out of balance, it's like temper or like anger at other people or worse at yourself. Yes. Right. And hangry, like, you get hangry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> And so what's one thing you wish everyone knew about Ayurveda or one simple thing that people could start implementing today? You know, um, very simple hack is stop drinking ice cold water. Mm -hmm. So the, ten the core tenant in Ayurveda is your digestion. Digestion is the root of everything. If you're not digesting, you're creating toxic materials. That toxic material will turn into disease, disease over time. What cold water does is it stops your digestion, it slows it down, it just puts, imagine like a fire, you put firewood in it, it's great, but if the firewood is still a little moist, it doesn't burn all the way and, and leaves chunks behind, that's exactly what happens in your stomach, leaves chunks behind and it can't process it, so it turns into toxic material and that causes leaky gut. Mm. And so it's a very common thing in the West now, leaky gut, and across the world, I should say. And most people don't realize they even have it. Yeah, we're just putting ice in all that water. Yeah, so that's the one, one of the biggest. And do you drink room temperature or do you do hot water? Both. Okay. Yeah. Hot water is great if you can get when you, you're okay with hot water. Some people don't like hot water, so I understand. It so. is kind of an acquired taste. And also, if you're at a restaurant and you order it, they like run it through the coffee machine, so yeah. it tastes like the weakest coffee. And so I get that it, it sometimes if you put like a little lemon or exactly. even just like a hint of tea, yep. sometimes can be helpful. Absolutely. And room temperature is great too. Okay. Yeah, but hot water keeps your digestion, the fire's on, right? Mm -hmm. So then whatever you put in there, it's like ready. It's like, oh, I got this. I'm going to disassemble it and take care of it and mm -hmm. give you what you need from it. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Okay, great. So hot water, stop drinking ice water. Anything else? Any other cheap and cheerful tips? Yeah, super easy is uh, each hour you go to sleep before midnight. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know no, this. No, but and just give it to me. So <laughs> Ayurveda is, is saying, like, come up with the sun, go down with the sun, basically. Try to eat your meals. Um, try to eat your biggest meal in the middle of the day. Yeah. Why? Because the sun is at its peak. There's the most um, heat coming on during that day, so it helps you digest. Mm -hmm. And when you're done eating, you, you don't want to eat past the sun going down either. Mm. So you want to eat when the sun is kind of like setting, you know, so it yeah. still has a little bit of that energy to help you start digesting. But can you say more about the sleep before midnight? So the sleep before midnight, yes. So um, midnight, they say actually after 10 o'clock in Ayurveda is you want to go to sleep around 10 o'clock or before 10 o'clock. Uh -huh. Every hour before midnight, your HGH or your human growth hormone levels, which we all naturally produce, like significantly like double to triple for every hour that you sleep before midnight. Mm -hmm. So between 8 and 10 if you fall asleep. I know 8's a little early for, for most of us. Um, but even me now, I go to sleep between 9 and 10 and like I feel fully rested. I come up with the sun. I don't need an alarm. I don't need things to wake me up. And I feel rested in the morning because the food digested properly. I got all the HGH my body needs, all the enzymes and everything that's being produced in my body um, has processed everything it needed to. So there's nothing left over in the morning that's making me feel groggy. 
that's interesting that the unprocessed toxicity would be the thing that's making you feel groggy. Or like when your face is puffy, right? That's like stuff in the lymph that hasn't been able to go away. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I heard that was an, I, I used to be on Broadway and, and now I, like I'd say going to sleep late is probably my biggest vice. I don't even like it. I just <laughs> do it. It's so dumb. <laughs> but I can feel in real yeah. time the impacts on my body. And so yeah. that's when I rolled oh, my yeah. eyes and I was like, oh, I need to hear it. I need to hear it. But when like the rest that you get before midnight is so much more impactful than the rest that you get after midnight. Yes. It's fascinating. Uh, it's funny you say that because there's one other thing in Ayurveda that I'll mention. It's called Pragyaparad. Pragyaparad is the mistake of the intellect. The mistake of the intellect, basically what the mistake of the intellect means is that why do we always do something that we know we're not supposed to? And they say that's just the mistake of the intellect. And that's one of the causes of disease in Ayurveda. Mm. So uh, this is just an example, but let's just say you're tired, it's two o'clock in the morning, you're driving back from somewhere, you see the golden arches and you're just like, oh, I don't want to go home and warm up food or cook food. It's one or two in the morning. But so you go eat it and you eat the McDonald's and then you're like, Crap, next day you're like, oh man, I don't, I don't want to eat that again. But then you do. Mistake of the intellect. We do things sometimes that we don't even know that we're doing. And that's actually what's causing us pain or causing us grief in mm-hmm. the first place. So how do we become aware of something like that? In Ayurveda, saying that's, that's the cause of a lot of the issues in this world is just ignorance. Mm-hmm. Awareness, education, and practice of Ayurveda actually, again, increases your consciousness. So you become aware naturally in your body this is not good for me. Yeah. I'm not going to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. So sleeping, all, all of these things, and I have my own things. Not everyone's perfect. Like I have my own things that I, 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 I know. There's a mistake of the intellect. I like certain things, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so it's just keeping that in mind. Being aware of it even is, yeah. is good because then you can create balance in your life. It's also, I was talking to my friend, this is like 10 years ago, when I was still on Broadway and I was studying the Okinawa program. Mm. It's like the... So Okinawa is one of the places on earth where there's like the highest percentage. The blue zone. Yeah, the the blue zone Mm -hmm. with the centigenarians, people who live to be over 100. And and he's like, all right, well, what are they doing? And I was like, well, they eat a lot of fatty fish. They practice ancestor worship. They take really good care of their elderly. There's Mm. community. They're in nature. And I was like, and they don't eat sugar. And he's like, who wants to live to be 100 if you can't drink a Coke? Like, fair point. You know what I mean? Like, we want to enjoy our yeah, lives. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's not about total elimination no. of being perfect all the time. No. But if 80% of the time you're living in accordance with the laws of nature, yeah. and 20% of the time you're enjoying the shit out of your Coca-Cola, yeah. or you staying up till 2 in the morning, or whatever your thing is, yeah. then, like, enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. But if that's the every day, it's then likely going to lead to suffering. It'll build up, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's what they say is, like, everything in balance. You know what? If you want to have one of my mentors and the people we interviewed in the, in the movie, he said, wine is fine, but whiskey is risky. And the, what he was saying is like, you can have it. Be careful how much you take, how much you consume. He's like, if you're going to drink wine every day, it might be a problem. I know in on the medical journals, it's like, oh, two, one or two glasses a day is fine. It's actually not that okay. Yeah, um, it is. It is poison. Like, it let's is, just be wait, clear. It's poison. Clear. Like if you're enjoying it, then great, yeah, enjoy it. Yeah, but also poison. In balance. Yeah. So what he's saying is like, you know what? You can have it. If you want a glass of wine, go ahead. And he said, use it for creativity. Mm. Use it for things that are gonna bring you joy. If you want to drink wine, have one glass at the most. And if you can do it, like have sex, watch a movie, do some artwork, listen to music, play music, like. Have fun with it. Don't yeah. just sit there and be like hanging out and like just sitting in your bed and watching a movie. Like that is not what it's meant for. Yeah. 
I've actually thought about using marijuana because I'm I'm like a terrible drug user. Meaning I'll like I'll like get it and have it in my house, and then I just they'll like go bad. Like I won't use them. <laughs> like, I'll go, I'll, like I think these are like three year old mushrooms. Similar. Like, yeah. I don't think I should do those. So I, I don't. THC is not my addiction. I have others. But anyway, I was thinking about utilizing THC or working with it because I'd say I'm more addicted to work than I am mm-hmm. marijuana. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, what if I could stop my work addiction? And like use a bit of THC and then paint or like mm. almost like use it as this gateway into creativity. So same with cannabis, yeah. same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's used for creativity and, and doses, small mm-hmm. doses. Yeah. Cool. Is there anything that you wish that we had touched on? Anything you wish that I had asked you? No. I think we covered like the good basics of Ayurveda. Right. I think one of the things is um, a lot of people maybe feel intimidated. Yeah, so that's a good question. Like why isn't everyone practicing Ayurveda? That's yeah. an important question. And the other one will be, why is it called the natural law? I think that's, okay. I should probably t- touch upon that. Okay. So first thing I'll talk, why is it called the natural law? Mm-hmm. So there's some certain principles or laws of nature that exist in the universe. We mentioned the five elements. Everything in this universe has the five elements. Everything in the universe has the three doshas. It's when we live outside of these laws of nature, when we don't live in accordance with these, we start going out of balance. So when we started interviewing all these doctors and experts and scientists, this theme came up of, you have to live in accordance to nature. And we're like, well, tell us more about that. And they're like, oh, the natural law. You have to live in accordance to natural law. So that's why it's called the natural law, mm-hmm. to make it accessible also. And then the second question was... Um, Versus calling it Ayurveda. Yeah, because mm-hmm. a lot of people can't pronounce it. They don't know what it is. And so we wanted to make it accessible. Yeah, the words matter. And words matter. And yeah. me as coming from the marketing world and kind of copywriting and some of that, I was like, you know... I don't want to call it like, oh, Ayurveda happiness or Ayurveda healing or something like that. I want people to get curious about it. So we don't mention Ayurveda in the title at all. And it's for that reason is to bring it to the masses. And I think why it hasn't reached the masses specifically is just because it's been somewhat suppressed. Um, and it By was who? considered... How, how is it suppressed? So it's, it reminds me of very, very similar to the Native Americans in America. Colonials and colonialization came and we wiped them out. There's genocide. We took them out of their indigenous lands and we started giving them cheese and, and processed foods and they are almost non-existent now, unfortunately. We took their land. We did a lot of things and we just said, oh, no, 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 this is like barbaric stuff. Go, go live in a house, not this teepee. Go live in AC. Go eat this food that is made in a factory. Don't eat this like, stuff from the ground. Like, what are you doing? The same thing happened in India. Thousands of oil. It started in the 1800s when the British came. Actually, even longer. Brit- Muslims came and Portuguese came. Uh, British came. I mean, there was lots of invaders to India. And so um, when colonialization came, it was pretty bad. Not only genocide, but the doctors, the Ayurvedic practitioners and doctors and people who were practicing pulse work is a lot of the stuff they do. They would chop those doctors' hands off Ugh. in ancient times. They would burn down crops, fields of crops and food, saying this is all barbaric. You have to take this pharmaceutical that we created. This, what are you doing pulling this stuff out of the ground? Just take this pill. Or why are you eating this? It takes you 70 minutes to like, it takes you an hour to cook it. You gotta chop everything up, just warm it up in the microwave. Mm-hmm. So all of these things over time have um, been suppressed. And you know, the healthcare system is broken in America and so, when a lot of money is behind a certain industry and it has to keep going there to keep it alive, 
because it supports millions of people's jobs and it's a multi-trillion dollar industry, you can't get rid of something like that overnight. Mm -hmm. And you're not really open to these alternative solutions because this thing has to keep going. Yeah. So I think that's one of the biggest reasons of why it was suppressed is just the history of it has been suppressed. If you look at modern day pharmaceuticals, a lot of them actually come from plants in nature. They just found the active ingredient and then synthesized it. And put a little plastic pill. <laughs> into a little yeah, <laughs> manufactured synthetic pill, literally. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the reasons why I think everyone's not practicing it. And when meditation became popular, maybe about 20 years ago-ish or 15 years ago, before then, everyone's like, mm -hmm, you're going to go sit quiet for like 20 minutes. Like, you're weird. Same thing with yoga. It's like, what are you going to do? Yoga, isn't that where you like do like weird like movement with your body? And now yoga's like cool. So meditation's cool. Yoga's cool. Those are the same sciences that were suppressed for thousands of years mm -hmm. as well. And so Ayurveda is actually the master science that contained meditation and yoga almost within it. They're sister sciences, yes. But Ayurveda prescribes yoga and meditation as mm -hmm. well. And so it's like the next thing. And now we're like, oh, turmeric. I want some of that. I want ashwagandha. I want shilajit. These are all Ayurvedic herbs and sciences. So yeah. that's why I think the future is exciting for Ayurveda. Uh, it's growing at a very fast rate uh, in India and Europe. And America is just, the West is just starting to catch on. So it's exciting times because modern science is meeting ancient wisdom now. Mm -hmm. I think that's where the future of health really is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, you know, there's the, the light and the dark of all of it, but even, like, you know, Goop and Gwyneth Paltrow, it's like these, there's sort of, like, affluent white people who go and then experience the healing powers of this and then mm -hmm. go and share about it. And there's, you know, there's appropriation there, but there's also, like, a translation there. Correct. You know, like I remember, so my teacher's teacher's teacher of meditation, like, as he was dying, he said, like, uh, like as he was like speaking to his students, he was like, okay, you do this and you do this. And he was like, and you, you speak English. And it was like both a statement and a command. Mm. And it was like, go, India right now is looking to America. Like, we're outsourcing our culture now to America. Mm -hmm. so, so go get the Americans meditating, get the Americans doing this so that it will then come back, come back. to India. Mm. And so it's like, and I'm very sensitive, obviously, to appropriation, like being a white woman teaching meditation. Mm. And at the end of the day, like there is natural law. There are mm -hmm. universal laws. There's, yeah, it's for everybody. And like, you know, gravity is gravity. Mm -hmm. Inflammation is inflammation. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's a tricky line to dance. And I'm, I'm constantly learning because I mm. want to be simultaneously respectful to the lineages, but also like... People need this knowledge. People need mm, these tools. So true. And so it's like we need all hands on deck. You know, it's like we're fighting pharma, big pharma, right? We're fighting like big dark forces. Yeah. yeah. So it's like all hands on deck, all light workers on deck. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, we need that now more than ever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you so much for the, all the light that yeah, you're bringing. Uh, thank you. All the entertainment, the edutainment that you're bringing. Mm. I'm so excited to know you yeah. and I'm excited for more. Yeah. Yeah. So, sweet yeah. friends, thank you so much for joining us today on this beautiful, informative conversation on why isn't everyone practicing Ayurveda. <laughs> I'm so excited to watch The Natural Law. Let's watch it together. So, let us know what you thought about the episode in the comments. If you want to leave us a five star review, that is always appreciated. And if people want to find more, where can they find you? The Natural Law. Come, okay. uh, the natural law and um, amazing information on there. You can watch the documentary. Mm -hmm. Maybe not for long. It depends on when this is going to be um, placed because okay. we may be getting a deal on a streaming network. So okay, fingers crossed fingers that crossed. yeah. So uh, that's what's exciting. So okay. right now you can. 
Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe we'll wait this episode out soon. Yes. Or better yet, we'll just send you to whatever platform yeah, you're exactly, streaming on. Exactly. Great. Well, we love you so, so much. If you want to go to zivameditation.com slash why this, you'll find some exciting behind the scenes footage. And I'm so excited to see you next week for why isn't everyone doing this? Have a beautiful day. Go drink some hot water. Go get yourself <laughs> some sleep before midnight. Yeah. And we'll see you next week. Sweet friends, there is a question that I have been asking myself for about three years now. What if there is a more beautiful, a more aligned, a more true story of our existence than the one we've been taught? And the deeper I've dived into these questions, the more stunning answers I've found. Now, did you know that for centuries there's been an active and sometimes violent campaign to make us forget our true power and divinity? But the good news is that there is a great remembrance happening right now. So if you are feeling curious, excited, or maybe even a little nervous about what may be unveiled about who we are and why we're here, I'm going to invite you to bravely go to zivameditation.com secret and get ready to turn up the dial on your own divinity. One of the most beautiful concepts from the Vedas is the idea that bliss is your birthright. 24 hour a day bliss is your birthright and anything standing in the way of that is stress. Now I'm curious what you think might happen if a whole group of people who all believe that bliss is our birthright came together to meditate, to breathe, to pray, and to put our attention on that which we want to grow. Well, good news, you're about to find out. I have a very special invitation for you to join me for our next live bliss activation. Now, this is totally free. I do it about once a month because teaching live is my most favorite thing, getting to connect to you, answering your questions, and meditating with a big group of amazing people around the world is my highest delight. So all you have to do to join me live for free is go to zivameditation.com slash activate. That is Z-I-V-A meditation.com slash activate. Activate. Join me and amazing like-minded people from around the world to activate the bliss that is your birthright.